Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Are we good to go, Andy? He has yet to call in. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad you told me that because I was going to read the descriptor here, and I'll wait till he calls in to read the descriptor. So that'll be good, That's don't a you good think? Idea. I think so. Uh, I should just mention, uh, Cy Wakeman is going to be our guest. His book is called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. He used a line here that I really, really like. Uh, by the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. That is exactly, that, that describes it perfectly. People want to suffer. People want to be victims. Oh, poor me. It's a religion now, isn't it? Well, he is on, so he can tell you all about it. Cy Wakeman, how are you? You damn right. Uh, he should be on. Cy, <coughs> you there? Hello, Sai. Who is it? I don't think Sai's phone's working too well. I don't think it is either. We'll have to figure it out. Well, it was interesting because just the other day we were taking a walk and you were... Sai is you, on the line. There oh, we go. Sai ah, is on the line. There he is. Sai, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. 
Sai, you nailed this thing. This flat. We've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I, I do a morning talk show in, in town as well, and this uh, show is on every afternoon. And you described it perfectly. I just read it. By the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. That's very well put, Sai. It's, it's, it's a religion now. Thank you. It is a religion, and we have forgotten not only on how to manage our own happiness, but we have totally forgotten that we're responsible solely for our own happiness. Right. Perfect. Absolutely perfect way to put it. If I want to be happy, don't I have to be the one to make me happy? Yeah, yes. And it's not just toxic positivity by taking a positive spin, but it's really habits and dedications and most of all knowing how your own mind works so that you aren't constantly defaulting into kind of a victim status or, or outsourcing your happiness to your boss or your family or you know, a lot of people wake up in the morning, and before they decide whether they're happy or not, they go check the news, and they're like, oh, oh, oh God. look what's going on in the world. I'm not happy. Instead of waking up and going, I'm happy, let me check the news and see how I can help. Yeah, there was a um, video going around on social media this morning about this woman who got on, onto an airplane, and this guy was sitting next to her, and he had on a shirt that she didn't like. And she started yelling at him and calling him names oh, God. and just having this huge fit about his shirt. And it's just there's such an uptick in people not only not being happy, but having to make sure that everybody around you knows that they're unhappy. Right. <clears throat> right yeah. Money. We are really good at suffering. A lot of us pre-suffer. <laughs> like Sunday, we start suffering before Monday, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah. suffer. I talked to a guy the other day, and he's like, I'm like, you know, the stock market's coming back up. Yes, but remember 2009. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're still suffering from that. But we also do group suffering. Um, You know, if if we're not happy and somebody walks by us with a smile on their face, like we need them to not be happy if we're not careful. Because, and all of this is really good people just believing their own thinking. It's never dawned on them that, that, just because they think something, it, it doesn't mean it's true. One way you can be happy is to self-reflect. What do I know for sure? You know, the guy sits next to me on the plane. I don't know anything for sure. That could be the only shirt he has. It could be a joke. It could be anything. Right, right. But what I tend to do to suffer, a lot of people wear clothes. I don't, you know, necessarily think are great fashion statements. I fly all right. the time. <laughs> But there's no yes. suffering involved. If I just notice the thought, I don't like his shirt, you know, yeah. it's when I go on to say he's a racist and he's a chauvinist and he's, right. you know, whatever right. it is, and not familiar with the story, <clears throat> that's when I suffer. And I just ask myself, what do I know for sure? I don't know anything except he has a shirt on that um, right. I, you know, don't like. And then if that's all I know, it's not what happens to us. It's a story we make up that causes our suffering. Reality is just never that harsh. And that's what I really want to teach people, you know, in the book, Life's Must Be Live Happy, is how to really understand how your mind works so that you're not being played by your ego all the time. Her ego got her acting a fool and screaming on the plane, which is not your highest self. And, and escorted so say, off. Oh, of- all that's happened here is a shirt I don't like. I can step yeah. back and say, what could I do next that would help? Right. You know, 
we we not get into conflict would be the most helpful thing to do for the other hundred people on the plane so that we don't have to wait for the marshal to pull you off. Yeah, well, she was. She, so, she was actually removed from the airplane, and she was just astonished at the fact that they were upset with her because his shirt was so offensive. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, she's, I don't think she's ever going to get the message. You well, know. and that's the outsourcing I'm talking about. That's the outsourcing is, well, I had to do that. My behavior was predetermined by his. I'm like, what about taking the high road? What about, you know, if you were great, what would great look like? Some of the best things we can do in today's world is not see insults where there isn't any so that oh. we can have some dialogue. From your mouth and to God's the ears. ego will have yeah. to see insults where there isn't any. Yes. We're talking to Cy Wakeman. The book is called Life's Messy Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. You know, I just saw this something, and I've never considered this before, Cy, and, and Andy and Catherine on the show with us here. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not trying to be over the top with it, but this is something that happens to me, and I've never complained about it, whatever. But we grew up very poor. My family was very poor when I was a kid. And to this day, when I see people wearing those jeans with huge holes in them, you know what I'm talking about? Just they're shredded. The jeans have 50 holes in them or the knees are just completely torn out of the the jeans, all the rest of it. It reminds me of being a very poor kid and wearing tattered clothing. And I find it to be offensive, but I've never walked up to anybody said, you're offending me. Take those pants off. You know, they don't know me. Right. They don't know that it, that it reminds me of being a poor kid and that's not really comfortable. I hate those jeans, Sai. I think they look like crap. And why people want to pretend they're poor when they're not really upsets me. And yet I've never confronted anyone and I never will confront anyone. You want to look like an idiot? That's your business. Yeah. And even to get even more happy, you can start renaming those jeans. And um, isn't (laughs) it great that we can pay for, you know, jeans with holes in them if we wanted to? Or a lot of things that I find, I react to, I just welcome in as my teacher, my teacher of compassion. Like, open heart, open mind. Because even if you think the thought, you know, and, 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 and dwell on it that, oh, I hate those jeans, they're an idiot... You've just taken yourself out of your natural state of happiness, right? Yep, yep. And so it, it's just so many times I just respond, um, and it's not toxic positivity. It's it's just noticing that my childhood wounds of having to wear, you know, hand-me-downs. I was six or seven kids in Iowa. My childhood wounds have nothing to do with that person's fashion choice. Right. And the more we can stop expecting other people other adults to fix our kind of childhood stuff. You know, we do that a lot in relationships too, right? We're mad at our spouse because they didn't take some, you know, insecurity away that we got as a kid, but we can't expect adults to fix childhood problems. You know, that's, there's other ways to heal those, but so true. It just amazes me that, that if I did get offended and walk up and go, how can you wear those jeans? How are these people supposed to know how I grew up? They don't know me. So for me to push my childhood on them and the troubles I had with my childhood, it's not fair to them. Why would I do that? Yeah. You know, a lot of happiness, um, we think you know, being nice people are kind, you know, is about them. But a big part of your happiness 
is the ability to give other people grace, tolerance, and mercy, to hold space for them, to just be them. Because many of us that are that critical of others, the saddest part is we're probably that critical of ourselves, or if we're not critical, we're pretty insecure with ourselves. So it's just taking pain and hurting other people with your pain. And is causing pain, not not healing. And that's what I feel so sad about. When people think they feel better by venting, venting is the ego's way to avoid self-reflection and to avoid happiness. And it's just a behavior. It's not sharing a feeling. Venting is like worrying. It's a behavior that feels good in the beginning, but so does eating a whole gallon of ice cream, right? right? So does using you know, chemicals. And so a lot of people say, I'm just sharing my feelings. It's like, no, you're, you're venting and venting leads to more venting. It never relieves the feeling. I thought, I thought venting was healthy. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to Sharing let it all out. And what, you know, the difference is, the difference is, um, I'm frustrated with Tom because he didn't give me the report I was waiting for. And then if you don't want to suffer, you have two choices. Take action, which is, Tom, can I put something on your calendar to remind you each week to send that to me? Or radically accept it. The Dalai Lama says you can impact it or accept it. But most people choose this third option. They're like, I don't want to do either one. I just want to stay and complain about it. So I'm frustrated as a feeling. When I get into Tom does that crap on purpose and he's trying to make me look bad and, um, you know, he's intentionally trying to hurt my career, that's where the venting comes in. And if you took every statement and asked, can I possibly know that to be true? It's not. It's the story I made up to suffer. But frustrated about a report, I can just take action. But a lot of people, when they go to take action, I can put it on a calendar. They go, oh, I shouldn't have to. But that's the ego keeping you away from happiness. Right. Like, what's the big deal? Put it on a calendar. Help them out. So who are who do you who who taught you all this? Is this sounds a lot like mindful meditation kind of to me, in, in a way. You know, I've had a lot of great teachers. Um, I work mostly in the business world. Um, you know, helping people move beyond ego. My, all my other books have been business books, but um, I love Byron Katie. I love Eckhart Tolle, um, mm-hmm. and it is mindfulness. And what people don't realize is there's like thousands of years, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or um, Judaism, it's like Hinduism. There are universal principles that tell you when you do this, it hurts, and when you do this, it helps. Throughout the world, philosophy, even like cave paintings are like, you know, um, food that way. It's like... There's so much guidance in our world that we ignore on a daily basis. Like, there's a lot of proven history that says, you know, give people grace, mercy, and tolerance. You'll be happier. I think that's amazing. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day when we were yeah. out for a walk. How yeah. you, You're like, in two years, when all of this stuff is taken care of, I'll be able to relax. And I'm like, two years? <laughs> two years of your life is a long time to be waiting to be able to relax. Yeah. No, and we defer happiness do? just like that. We defer happiness. We're like, when I retire, I'll be happy. When I get a different boss, I'll be happy. When I, it's like, or you can just be happy today. <clears throat> well, Sai, I will tell you this because you know, Catherine and I are married. Andy's our son. We have a daughter that's usually on, but her kids are out of school this week, so she couldn't come in. You stepped into it, Sai. So you stepped into it, Sai. <laughs> yes, but but see. Uh, 
the morning show people will tell you and the, the afternoon show people will tell you, I always start my my conversation. When somebody asks me how you how you feeling, how you know uh, how you looking at life today, I do point out that I'm married to this wonderful woman. We have great children, we have great grandchildren, have good friends. I'm the luckiest some bitch on earth. That's how I yeah. b- begin every discussion of this. I start with what's good first, and and I got very very lucky meeting Catherine. We had great kids. They're they're very very nice people. Um, why wouldn't I be happy, right? Yeah, and part of being happy because there are people that have that same circumstance that aren't focused on it. In the book, I talk a lot about gratitude and not just right, counting your right. blessings, but counting everything as a blessing. Even if in this moment it doesn't seem to be the coolest thing ever, it's my opportunity to grow. You know, COVID, so much pain involved, and um, and yet we get to decide, are we going to emerge evolved or traumatized? You know, most people don't realize there's more um, odds of post-traumatic growth than there are post-traumatic stress, and it has to do with where you place your attention and your focus, and um, and you seeing and starting every conversation just puts your focus in such a beautiful place. i got to read this. This is a great paragraph. From the starting point, we could learn to use our minds to create happiness despite life's ever-changing circumstances and events. Life's Messy Live Happy by Cy Wakeman is about dramatically changing the level of happiness you feel in your daily life by learning to disconnect happiness from external forces, stop worrying about the future, and realize most of your negative feelings are about things that never even happened. That's a great paragraph right there, Cy. Well, thank you. Yeah, when that guy put that shirt on before the plane ride, he didn't intend for it to offend the person next to him. That never <laughs> well, and, happened, and, right? Yeah, but even even if he did, even if it's the most offensive yeah, you know true. thing in the world, it's like feeding into his right. attention seeking ego isn't healthy for anybody. Yeah. yeah, and that's how our ego gets hooked, and we just feel so right and so justified. And another thing I ask myself a lot is, would I rather be right or happy? Oh, I love like, that. Like, I am right about a lot of things that people don't care about. And, like, I can stay in the argument to prove that I'm right. Or I can just be happy and enjoy them as they, as they presented. Um, and, and a lot of people think this is passive. Like, don't stand up against racism or don't. It's so no. active. It's so active to not feed into that. And you conserve your energy, and it's going to make a big difference if instead of attacking the person who's already decided what they think about that topic, whatever the topic was, I can conserve my energy and go work, you know, with an organization that actually will have impact. Um, It's not going to happen in an argument on a plane if you care about a topic. You mean being a social media justice warrior and never doing anything but complaining isn't helpful? (laughs) It's not healthy. I didn't cover that in the book, but, you know, my book launched yesterday, and already, already I have some of those those warriors out on my site, like, anti, I'm like, how can you be anti-happiness? How? How can you, like, this should be a book people love, like, how can you be mad about it? They are. Well, well, you're not telling people that they're supposed to be running around, you know, skipping and singing and, you know, getting rainbow tattoos with unicorns because they're so happy. <laughs> it's right. there's there's happiness and there's yeah, people I don't know what people have this idea of happiness that it's some sort of state that you can't reach. 
Yeah. And I'm not talking about the feeling of, you know, pleasure. I'm talking about in the midst, grateful in the midst of seeming problems. It's, it's, a, it's a state of contentment there that it's go. not manufactured, but it really is our natural um, state. In, and a lot of people don't understand that multiple things can be true. At the same time, you can have multiple feelings at the same time. I can be very content and sad to hear news that, you know, someone was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, grateful for what I have and angry that my bank screwed up my bank account all at the same time. But I don't have to let it take me off center with my peace and contentment or dictate my behavior to how I work through something with the bank. I'm in control of that. Right. So I, I just keep remembering things that have happened to me throughout my life, exactly what you're talking about and why maybe I turned out the way I, I have. I was sitting at a bar once called Howie's Bar. I was uh, <laughs> underage, but, you know, nobody knew that. <clears throat> but in any case, I'm sitting there at Howie's Bar, and uh, there's a guy next to me. And he, we start talking a little bit here, a little bit there. And after a couple of drinks, I was a young man, and I started getting a little edge to me. And, you know, kind of like, ah, this and that. And, you know, start complaining about things. And there was a guy down the bar that was being a pain in the ass. I went, I'm going to go down to the bar and straighten that guy out. And he goes, whoa, 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 wait a second, kid. First of all, I know you're not 21. You can lie all you want, but I know you're not old enough to be in here. And he said, the other thing is, you're going to go down there and tell that guy that he needs to calm down. Well, what if his wife left him? What if his son or daughter died? What if his dog bit him? And now you're effing with him. How do you think that's going to work out for you? <laughs> I went, that's a very well, good point, teacher. actually. It's a great teacher, isn't it? That's a great teacher I got right there. You know, one of the keys, that's such a good teacher, because one of the keys to happiness is stay in your lane. So there's yes. three lanes in life. Lane one yep. is my lane. That's where I need to stay and just keep my own stairs swapped, right, clean. Lane yep. two is other people's business. And if I'm going to get in other people's business, I need to go in helping, not judging. Yep. Otherwise, that's I need exactly to stay in my business. Said. And then lane I've, three is like, you know, God's business. And last I checked, none of us are in charge of that. So, yeah, he was a great teacher. Stay in your lane. Yeah, he literally said. <laughs> and if you're going to get off the lane, go ask the guy what's wrong with them. You yeah, that's true. Go judge him. But the, just the way he put it, now, now you're effing with him. How do you think that's going to work out for you? <laughs> I thought it was a great line. It was wonderful. I think, well, you. it is such a great line. Yeah, in counseling, we use it a lot, like, um, you know, what happened? How did you feel about it? How did you respond? And how did that work for you? Because with reflection, a lot of people are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's like, well, how'd that work out for you? Well, it didn't work out. Well, what would you like to change in your approach? Like, <laughs> yes. I, would stop, I would stop going to the end of the bar. Yeah, well, there you go. That's exactly right. That's a very good point. I'm going to take a very quick break. We'll be back. You've got uh, about uh, 10, 15 more minutes with us, Cy. Do you have enough time? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay, we'll be right back in about two and a half minutes, three minutes with Cy Wakeman. Ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Life's Messy. Live happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. More with Cy right after this. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. 
What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft fishing boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender you all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep mike's latest incredible deal is on the giza dream sheets which you've heard me rave about before that's for sure these sheets are made from the world's best cotton giza they are ultra soft and breathable yet extremely durable right now the giza dream sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, learning a lot today about the way things are. Now, I don't want to get too deeply into this side, but I do want to ask you a question. I'll just make an observation. It won't even be a question. I'll make an observation and see what you think of this. This whole Oscar thing with Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, um, I don't know if it was fake. I don't know if it was real. It certainly could have been either one of those. The problem that I have with the whole thing is is that right now, when the world's in turmoil, the United States, I mean, Minneapolis-St. Paul almost burned to the ground at points. Oregon has been horrible. Chicago, New York. I mean, you go to all these big cities. There's all this turmoil and there's all these stabbings and this carjacking and the thievery and all the rest of it. I I just don't know that it's a good idea for a big, huge uh, Hollywood movie star to make such an ass of himself as to walk up on stage and slap one across the face, teaching young people who might be watching, if they do this to you, you need to go hit them. What a horrible thing to do that was, in in my estimation, Cy. Yeah, you know, I wasn't, I live in the Baja, so I get to miss out on a lot of those things. I live in Mexico. Um, but I did hear about that. And, you know, for me, people jump right into, like, you know, who is right, who is wrong. And, um, and the sad part is, the sad part for all of that for me is that, um, you know, someone was hurt by a joke. Someone took it in their own hands to, like, hit another person. Like, there's so many things about that that would, I would love to come out of that, which I think yep. would be so powerful, is if there was some reconciliation and some role modeling of each person taking accountability for their part. Because in, people that, that give away their own happiness, 
they believe that somebody's always right and somebody's wrong, and that's what they argue about. They toggle down to right or wrong. Wouldn't it be lovely to have Will and um, his wife and Chris, um, you know, publicly together with, you know, if need be a facilitator, and for each person to own their part in that? Because that's what people yep. need to yep. um, witness is amends. There's a chapter in my book on feeling your feelings and another one on amends. Because what I found counseling and with my kids and is that we there's a lot of things we haven't learned that will impact our happiness. And the ability to make a beautiful amend is one, you know, that we all need to learn as human beings. So I I'm sad it happened. I wish the conversation would go into um, each person owning their part and talking about their experience and making amends because there's amends to be made. I right. think. Um, on many parts there. I think and that's what right. I think just... our nation right now is not good at, is making amends. We say horrible things to people, and we mm-hmm. attack people on social media, and no one ever comes back and says, I'm sorry. But we know from, like, marriage studies, the Gottman talk about, if you can, you know, turn towards one another, and you know how to, you know, make, apologize and make amends, you'll maintain those relationships. Why is it so hard for some people to say I'm sorry? What is that? For me, it, it has a little bit to do with how your mind works, because when you're in ego, you're seeing the world through a distorted pair of eyeglasses, and you see insults where there isn't any. Everything is very primal, right, wrong, good, bad. You know, people are like, whose side are you on? I'm like, what if there's only one side? Like, what? Like, I'm on the human race side, if, if I could be on that team. And I think we aren't um, using, we get played by our ego, and that's the most primitive part of our brain. When we use all of our intelligence, including our hearts and spirits, when we use all of our intelligence, there's no shame. There's nothing to lose in an apology. There's only something to gain, which is reconciliation. When we're toggled down, saying I'm sorry means I was wrong and you were right, and there's something to lose. So when you're an ego, you see everything is win-lose. Everything is scarcity. But when you're in your kind of right mind, you realize that there's only something to benefit. I'm feeling very zen just talking about this. <laughs> I am. It's interesting because Good. I, Good. you know, I did a lot of uh, Al-Anon work and that kind of stuff on you know, myself because my dad's an alcoholic and there's been issues <laughs> throughout my life yeah. with it. And I just, it's interesting because every time the youngest out of five, and every time we would get together as a family, my family would take on the roles of exactly the same time my my father's drinking got to be really bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like it was like you could just cue. It was like, okay, she's going to act like this. He's going to say that. I mean, it's going <laughs> to this person's going to attack that person. This yeah, one's going to whine and cry. Psychological regression. It's so amazing to me that I mean, they're all older than me, and I would say. I don't want to talk about your politics. I just don't want to. I'd rather talk about you. I know you sit home and watch CNN yeah. all day long, and you're programmed to just, you know, think that the world's a horrible place. That's fine if that's what you want to do with your time on Earth, but that's not what I want to do with my time with you. Well, guess who never yeah, calls let's me get anymore? more intentional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now he never calls me. <laughs> So no, it didn't work so too well. Which also, well, or, or did it? You know, part of happiness is 
that's maybe the kindest thing. What you said was, I don't want to hear about your politics. And if that's all he wants to talk about, the kindest thing he could do is not call you. It's like, thank you, right? Well, I, mean, you, I get it that you miss him. I'm not trying to buy to buy right. that. But sometimes, you know, sometimes people follow our simple instructions pretty literally. Um, well, and so, you know, something that, Good. yeah, something I've learned to do is, because I come from a big family, and I had the benefit of um, AA and Ellen on early on in my life as well. I was so glad because there's such basics about living that you learn in whatever program it's of spirituality or you learn some basics. But um, I realized I write about this in the book. My dad had done something that really hurt me when I was in my 20s. And I was pregnant with my second son and I wanted to use a family name and um, for my side of the family. And I just wasn't going to use his name. I'm like, no, he never calls me. He's never apologized. All of a sudden, it dawned on me that I'm an adult as well. Yeah. I was treating it like I was a little kid, and he owed me something. So I called him up. I said, I want to come and see you. And I apologized for um, not having him walk me down the aisle in my wedding because I was so mad at what he did. And I only apologized for my part in it. I made my own amends. And I got tested because he didn't give me a perfect apology for his part. Have you ever apologized to somebody? They're supposed to do the same, and then they don't. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> exactly. I was able to. <laughs> I was able though. It just opened up a door, and I was able to just see him, not as my dad and what I wanted him to be, but as a man who's been through so much in his mm-hmm. life and isn't very yeah. good with that. And his act, his love language is acts of service. He came over, we reunited, I named my baby after him. He came over and often, like, fixed something around my house or, you know, um, helped us with some big projects. And for me, I just saw myself doing this the other day, that's why I bring it up. I'm so, I'm not perfect at this. I was mad about one of my siblings who never calls me. And I give an assignment in the book, if you have advice for somebody, like, you should call me, write it down and then you go first. Take it for yourself. If you have advice for other people, yeah. take the advice for yourself. And so I called them. I'm like, they never call me. They, I would be dead, and they wouldn't know it. And I'm like, well, I never call them. And so yeah. I called. But the ego is like, well, I shouldn't have to make all the attempts. Well, you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Right. That's a very good point. To, my brother, i got to call him. But I hear you. It's like people go back to the roles that they were in as little kids. So I want to ask you a question because it, because it's included in that great paragraph, one of the great paragraphs in your descriptor. <clears throat> and I, I should mention, I, I grew up, in, like I said, a poor kid. I went to Roman Catholic school for the first eight years. I'm not a very religious person. I certainly hope there is something, you know, afterward that it just doesn't hit the wall and that's the end of it. So I'm not an over, overtly or overly religious person. I'd like to believe there is maybe something cooking but I love the fact that you say by the time we become adults, most of us have joined the religion of suffering. People, do people realize they do, no matter what they call it or what it is, people do need a religion. And if it's the religion of suffering, that will take the place of a, a religious life for them, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I think religion is a charged topic. But what I would right. say it is, is yeah. all of us, if we want to live intentionally— we need a philosophy. We need to know how right. our mind works. We need to know how the world works. We need a, a philosophy to go by so that we're not just living 
in reaction. So like when you talk about going, you know, back to your family and them taking on the same role, that's just living unintentionally. And so what I think is if you want to feel good about yourself, figure out what your purpose is and your values and, um, you know, what great looks like for you and then work to aspire to live accordingly. And that's called integration um, and integrity. And people are happier when, they know where their center is, and when they leave their center, they know how to make amends and return. And, um, you know, they're trying to have impact in the world. We all crave impact. So I think you're right. I think we need some guiding philosophy, and you get to choose that, what that is for you. Yeah, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> one of my favorite cartoons of all time, just a one-frame cartoon. It was a split screen diagonally from bottom left to top right. And the top left of the picture is an NFL football player on his knees thanking Jesus for making a touchdown, right? So the, the upper left is a football player, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to score this touchdown. And on the bottom part of the screen, the bottom part of the diagonal, there's Jesus with his feet up watching hockey. <laughs> Which I, see, I think that's one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Isn't that wonderful? That's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, kid. I'm watching hockey right now. Well, once again, that's that's like such an ego prayer. It you is. know, help me. Yeah. You know, shine. Help yeah, me win. It's like I I understand the wanting the strength and using prayer for that. You know, but to ask for a win, uh, that kind of thing. It's just it, it is very egocentric once yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And Lamont, one of my favorite writers. Yeah, have a sense of humor about it. Is you know, if you get a philosophy, don't take it so seriously that you want to impose it on others. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. Um, and people, you know, that's a, a cute cartoon. Anne Lamont, I think, said, um, I love her work. She's a great writer. Said, there's really only three prayers. One is thank you. One is wow. You know, when you're looking in awe at something, and the other one is help. And mm-hmm. like you said, Kathy, it's like help when you're when you're down on your knees, not, you know, help me win the game, but help me, um, you know, I'm really struggling right now. Yeah. Yep, that makes total sense. I just, it's such a – have you always been a happy person or did you have to go through a period where things were kind of rocky and you realized this is not the way to live? I need to live a much clean – you know, a much straighter life for me, a much happier life for me. Did you go through – or have you always oh, been is- a happy person? You know, what a great question. So I um, have had, a, and I tell about it in the book, I've had really, really difficult things happen to me. My sure. first husband dove in the pool and broke his neck, and I've been through financial challenges and step-parenting and loss of many, many people in my life, and I've been mm-hmm. homeless. And so I grew up out of a big family in Iowa um, and found myself in, in some dire straits. Now, I remember thinking when I was a little kid, suffering, you know, it's like people don't have to be unhappy. Like, why can't everybody just be nice to each other? But I didn't just lose my happiness, and I didn't just have a spiritual awakening and regain it. I will tell people I have wandered. I've wandered away from the habits and dedications that keep me happy, and I've learned more. And even like with gratitude, I started a gratitude practice, and that kind of morphed into a superstition, and I had to bring it back um, to senator. And so I, I've always been a pretty content person. I've always been a very positive person. 
Um, but I've had to actively work it because each stage of life, a lot of us grow older, but few of us grow wiser. Like each stage of life gives you a whole nother chapter to work on, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, now with that, you know, losing your parents, you know, find happiness in that, in the midst of that and divorce, like find happiness in the midst of that. And so I've always been pretty content but what I share in the book are all the practices and techniques I've used throughout my life to be able to, you know, be happy in spite of an imperfect world. It's so fascinating, though, that to be to, to reach a certain level of happiness um, and everybody can do it, I'm sure. But I could tell by the way you look at life and the way you approach things. I, could, I, I, I just knew she's been through some strife and some bad times in her life and now she's uh, she's worked on it instead of sitting around going oh poor me you worked on it and you got there see so yeah. you're a good message for all for everybody out there you're a great message for everybody life's a process it is well, you just so do, well yeah I mean, it's very obvious. You don't just walk into happiness happiness does need to be earned and it needs to be earned in your own head right that's so well said. So well said. And when my publishers asked me to write another book, um, and we decided it would be a personal book, they're like, so it'd be great. Um, tell people how to live. And I'm like, I'm not in that business. I'll tell people how I've lived and give them some of the, the stories and techniques, and then they can take, you know, what what fits. And um, And that's what I hope people do from the book. I'm not here to ignore that we all have challenges and difficulties. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to ignore that. And it, the book isn't about, whoa, look at all the bad things that happened to me. It is to say, um, even in the midst of an imperfect you know, set of circumstances, you can still cultivate a view of the world that is, um, is filled with contentment and gratitude. And, and the important thing for me is not to just feel content. The important thing is, is when I forge the internal wisdom and I'm content, I walk through the world that's so messy differently, skillfully, not adding to the chaos, but hopefully relieving some of it. It really puts you in a position, if you do your own work, that you can um, impact other people's lives. Yes, yeah, and I think that's the, that's the, the key point to this whole deal. You just didn't find this. You paid the price. For this knowledge, there's yeah. no doubt, and that's exactly the point I was trying to make. You paid for this. Well, did the work, maybe. Well, that's what I mean. You yeah. paid for yeah. it by doing the work. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Absolutely. There well, was a, I think there was that's a li- what happens is we we react to what happens instead of really going within and doing the contemplation and the self reflection and owning our part in what happened and like the ability to process that instead of just react is is the work. You know, as as you say. It is true. This morning on, on the morning show, there was a list of the 10 things that American couples argue about the most. These are things they all argue about the most. And I, I ran down the list Money. from 10 to 1. Golf. Um, <laughs> golf. Yeah, golf, was not one. golf was not one of them. Okay. God, you're such a child. She, she's so happy with herself, side. Very happy with herself. I'm happy with her, too. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks, Ty. Great. You're all turning on me. We went through the list of the 10, and I was live on the air, and I said, I don't argue with my wife about any of these things. 
All 10 of them, the things that people argue about the most, Catherine and I do not argue about them ever. She has her knowledge. I have my knowledge. Sometimes we can get together and come to a better conclusion. But she makes good decisions. I try to make good decisions. Catherine and I, you and I don't argue very much. I mean, we don't fight and argue and... No, uh, I'm, well, I... Oh, because I'm so patient, Tom. No, I just... Here it comes, I... I'm telling you, I think everybody should have to go to (laughs) Al-Anon. Yeah, probably. Because the, the, the art of detachment is the biggest gift you can give yourself. If you can learn to detach from somebody's argument about whatever it is and take a step back and... Try to figure out why you're so mad, why somebody else is so mad, why this turned into such a big thing. 99% of the time, it's not about what the person is mad about right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's... Um, it so. uh, yeah, I, Learning I, detachment I, is huge. It's huge. And I never wanted a relationship where I was going to be in a knockdown drag outs fight about every tiny little thing. Exactly. I've never been interested in that. <clears throat> right. And I don't think that we our relationship ever would have gone in that direction cuz I I can't I I can't be in a relationship like that. There's just no way. No, I understand that. No doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Life's Messy Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. Cy Wakeman, W-A-K-E-M-A-N. Cy, you need to come back much more often. We need, we've solved all the problems of the world today. I want you to know. We have, haven't we? we <laughs> I would love absolutely. to be back. I so appreciate you sharing your listeners with me and helping me um, spread the word. So thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk with all three of you. Thank well, congratulations you. on all your success. You 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 can tell by the tone of your voice and your attitude you paid a hell of a price for it. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Lots of good people helped. We'll talk soon. All right? There she goes. I guess so. Cy Wakeman. No, she was terrific. But you could tell by the tone of her voice that this woman's had some suffer in her life. There's no well, doubt about it. Well, I don't think it. anybody works on themselves <clears throat> unless they need to. I think most people just go through life doing whatever makes them feel good in yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. N- most people don't reflect. No. That's no. true. You know. They do not. Andy, you don't argue with Melissa very much, do you? No, not really. I didn't think so. I don't think Andy and Andy, excuse me, Alex and Dan argue that much either. I don't really know. But uh-huh. I, yeah. I think Aunt Andy's never been a big arguer. Arguer? No. no. I just uh, abandoned ship. <laughs> well, that's not good either. Yeah, go. I mean, you no? need to deal with stuff. No, you have to deal with stuff, but you don't have to deal with it by screaming and yelling at each other because that's just the big problem with screaming and yelling at each other and letting your emotions go crazy, which a lot of people think that that is healthy, is you're going to yeah. say something you're going to regret. And once you've said something that you're, you, you will regret, it, you can't unsay it. Yeah. And it hurts the other person no matter how they try to get over it. If you call somebody a terrible name or, you know, go for the throat, something that you know that they're sensitive about, yeah. people don't get over it. They, they do can not. try. Well, sometimes people get over it, I guess. But, I mean, those ringing those bells, <laughs> they don't get unrung, as mm-hmm. they say. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is a good idea, though, to deal with stuff, not just run away. 
We will take a break. Thank you again to Cy Wakeman. She did a great job. Yes. A hell of a guest. Very interesting stuff. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the motor sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. back about five minutes from now faith west will join us uh i like this good question to ask what is an nft everybody knows what an nft is now don't they i think i think they know what it stands for but they don't know what it is oh that's true none i mean could fungible you token yep see could, i know could things. you explain the what an nft is i'm guessing not no well it's a it's cryptocurrency isn't it mm, kind of it's it's basically like a deed. Oh, it's a deed. Okay. Yeah, huh? it's the best way to explain it. It's a it's a deed. So it's like if you own a house, then the reason you own the house is because you own the deed to the house. Right. So anyone could just come into your house and take it over, but because you have the deed, then you have legal ownership of it. And that's yeah. basically all it is. It's like if I were to sell you an NFT of the Mona Lisa, it would mean that you are the legal owner of it but you don't necessarily like have copyright rights i guess i don't know i think well, we're hopefully faith can sort us all out on this hopefully. there's a possibility yeah, she'll be I, on in a couple minutes right i am a cash yeah. person i am like here is my i have cash. had the same like, one dollar bill in my wallet for like six months <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't lot. say. I, and that's actually, all you have in your wallet. I'm not a. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I actually no. I'm not a paper cash person. I'm oh, just okay. like a. I don't even have a credit card. No, I use debit cards for everything. I don't have a credit card. I, I'm like debit I can't cards do it. are 
These are the hack. You shouldn't use those things. I've never had any problems. No, they're not. They're not easy to hack. I had it happened to me one time, and now Mom thinks that they're the devil. Stealing cash is a lot easier. Look it up. Look it up. Which is more secure? Well, you know what's worse? Going into crazy debt because you have ADHD and can't remember to pay your credit card bill. Mm, Well, you set it up on your bill payer that it just pays every month. Oh, so using this as an enabling kind of a thing? Ow! Ow! I can't. No, I just am like I would not remember to do it, and I also just don't understand a lot of money things. So I'm like, I like my money where I can see it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> On the okay. shelf. I don't have any investments. I don't have Let, anything. I'm like, here's my well, money that I have. The uh, I guess Canada, they're all like, we're going to run the banks if they keep doing this crap. Right. They're going to go take all their money out of the banks. What's going to happen if... They should. Do you think they'll actually do it? No. That wouldn't be good. I just don't they understand. They should, but like, they won't. I don't know. It's It's pretty... That's... So if I had any money in a Canadian bank, I would be withdrawing it today. I agree. <clears throat> I think you're right about that. I am very confused on this whole thing, how they, how they can even do that. By the way, I should mention this. Uh, and, Ralph, I'm sure you've been down this road before. After uh, Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then January, yeah. I looked at my credit card bill, and I can either buy a house on the beach or pay the credit card. <laughs> oh, no. Holy hell! Yeah, yeah, the bills, yeah, bills being delivered by uh, UPS. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're bringing it over. Man, that gets a little spendy, but it's fun. We have a lot of fun. And by the way, Alex, you don't need a credit card. I have one. <laughs> well, there's a shot. Huh? There's a shot. Oh man! Across the bow. Come on, Alex. Get a smile on your <laughs> face. Let's like, go. Like you Damn. took the wind out of her. She can't. Can't even get her breath right now. No, it's my. I love that side. Hey, look, look, I have the same situation with Andy. I talked to him, and he goes, "Stop spending so much money. Cut it yeah, out." I was gonna say, uh, when you say those things, I just kind of want to roll my eyes because I am like. I'm ex- I'm pretty cheap in my own life, right. but then when I'm around you, you're like, "What does it matter? Pay for it, buy it. It's fine. I got it." And so it's like it's interesting because I I don't know. You do. I I'm happy about it. Can well, I be happy about it? So when you like complain about it, it's like I didn't complain. It was a joke for Christ's well, I, sake. Take a joke. I, I, yeah, no. but it'd anyway. be nice to have a place on the beach. Anyway. Where is a family <laughs> therapist when you need one? Oh, trust me, I'm gonna find one. It's, it's time. Is Faith on the phone yet? Uh, it said number unavailable. So I'm. we're uh, going to see if that's even I'm the right sure. number. There might be no Faith at all. Get it? No Faith? Uh, Come on. Uh, never mind. I'm not talking to you people anymore. Forget it. You're out of the mix. I've just decided. <laughs> okay. We're out Show's of here. Show's over forever. <laughs> Let's fold it up. That's all I'm there is to it. talking to you. I'm not talking to you ever again. No question about it. Oh, my God. There's there's some interesting headline. Court filing causes ruckus in Trump and Clinton camps. They're still they're going wild about the uh, the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton's camp was spying on. And I st- I'm sorry, but it makes me very uncomfortable. But not that not only can you wiretap his businesses, you you. You got into the servers at the White House. That really bothers me. Yeah. 
Uh, you'd think they'd be a little safer than that, wouldn't you? That's what you'd think, but that stuff may <laughs> not be. Any server well, that you know the right passwords to, that you, you can get into. It doesn't matter where it is. Well, and anybody that says, it's okay, I hate Trump so much, he deserves it. Yeah. I, if people can hack into the server and manipulate stuff, then they can do it to another president. I know. Your guy that you love so much. This is not, it's a, it's a matter of national security. It's not just, you know, your guy versus the other guy. And anybody just, else in the world can, too. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is this is this is serious stuff. It's very serious. Yeah, stuff. and if our top politicians are have a hand in this, it is incredibly mm-hmm. serious. Well, it's water. It's worse than Watergate, they say. It at this sure point. is. But which was pretty bad will anyway. Come of it. Nothing nope, not one will thing. come of it. Really, you think that we've gotten that far down the road? We yep. can't even Absolutely pull off yes. another another. Uh, Watergate? Nope. Yep. Now, who's reporting this? Who's reporting uh, all this time? Only Fox. Well, go. CNN spent two minutes on it. Oh, well, that's pretty good for them. Well, they've only got a point oh 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 one chair, so yeah, nobody saw it. Why report Their if no one's watching? Terrible. That's because they don't report on anything. <clears throat> yeah, if you, maybe if you started telling the truth, people might tune in. Well, like I said, if, if you don't, if you if you want to politicize it, you'd have to turn it into the story that, like, like I just said, it can be used against us, our side. Mm-hmm. It can't just be all about you. Right. No, yeah. I agree with that completely. I agree with that completely. I, I just, um, I, I, do you think we'll ever, well, it's like we were talking about in the first half. You compare, you know, apples to oranges and you're going to win every time. Apples to apples and oranges to oranges. They, nobody wants to do that anymore. Nope. Nobody wants to do that. It, it just, the whole thing is just disgusting to me. It is. But that's why I said nothing's going to happen because it's not the right it's not the right people, not the right group who has been involved and that's it'll just be it'll just sort of disappear. It'll disappear and we'll never hear from it again. Even though it's a I uh, worse I have a question for you cuz I have not checked this out, but I got to believe the percentage of centrists in this country has grown like a madman because it's very hard to follow the Republicans and the Democrats. I think they're both a pain in the ass. Is, is, does anybody know if that's true or not, that the centrist uh, population is growing larger in America? i got to believe it is. Well, I, I, I agree. But why aren't, why, aren't, why aren't they heard? No, they're never heard. Yeah, you're absolutely right why about that. Nobody ever talks about that. The loudest voices are the ones that people hear. Uh, you know, you, and, and why, aren't they, why, why, don't, why, why aren't they presented with a candidate that they can support? You know, and it just seems that this right. central group always seems to generate into, oh, we got these two choices. Well, I got to make my choice. And it still just splits along along party lines to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice if they had somebody that made sense to both sides as a third party because they need a third party. Well, you because- can blame the journalists. <clears throat> yeah, it's the journalists. There's no question. And the politicians, actually. But your boy voted for Tulsi Gabbard. That's all I know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> She's on television right now going, listen, this is filthy and it needs to be investigated and people need to go to prison. I I love her. We have our guest. You think we have faith? I think so. Yes, I'm here. I like it. I've never been able to say, do you think we have faith before and not talk about a person? I think that's wonderful. You gotta have faith. You're gonna do a show, you gotta have faith. That's right. I couldn't agree more. There's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Faith was with us. I'm very, very happy you're here because this is a pretty interesting. We we had a little discussion about NFTs and Bitcoin and this and that and the other thing. So I just want to hand the ball off to you, Faith West, and we'll uh, well here's the deal. Rare early live images of Nirvana set to be sold as NFTs on February 20th, just uh, what five days away, marking Kurt Cobain's 55th birthday. Faith West, our very special guest. What? So we were talking about what an NFT is, uh, what Bitcoin is. So educate us, Faith. What's the deal? Okay. So NFTs started in the gaming community as tokens that you would earn for gaming. Um, then people started to purchase them, and artists got involved to make the tokens look nicer. And then art started to be traded as tokens online without a game attached. So it's like the fun of trading cards, but now it, because it's um, in the NFT space, it's merged with a ledger that shows the ownership of the token all the way back to the original artist. So this is exciting for two reasons. For the investor, it combines the fun of trading cards with the the reliability of the ledger that you might get if you purchased an expensive piece of art. But for the artist, it preserves their copyright so that nobody can copy and paste the artwork and claim that it's theirs. Oh, so that's good. So it is protected, then. That's good. I didn't think it was even protected. Mm -hmm. No, it is. That's the whole idea is that there's a blockchain with all these distributed computers around the world that are keeping track of who owns what simultaneously so that everyone agrees that you own that NFT if you purchase it. I think, see, I think that's terrific. And uh, now who came up with the Kurt Cobain idea? I, and by the way, I cannot believe Kurt Cobain would be 55 years old. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It is. yeah. Um, well, I was so lucky to be in an audience of 150 people back in 1991 to see Nirvana right after Nevermind had been released, but just weeks oh. before they came to international fame. So an amazing and also, you know, music chain, music his, historical show. Yeah, no question. Is that is the baby floating? Is he still suing them, or is that over now? <laughs> um. I, last I heard that they had they had um, dismissed the one lawsuit and then refiled because right. there was some problem with it. But, you know, it's interesting because that whole lawsuit kept Geffen Records from really exploiting the 30th anniversary of that album, which came up in October of last year. Right. Um, but they weren't they weren't sure they could use the original artwork. So it really was kind of a non-event, which sadly, it's a great album. Oh, that album is about as good as it gets. I, I, Faith, I agree 100%. Pretty much every song on that album is phenomenal. It is, yes. Um, and, you know, that night I just could hear it. I was got so excited, that melding of heavy metal and punk and pop hooks that just, like, stuck in your head for days. Uh, I, I showed up at the club with a camera, like, not knowing what to expect. And halfway through the show, I was nervous because I knew that rock history was being made and I had to record mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, that whole deal, just the way they approach music, their lyrics, I love their lyrics because there are always some mm -hmm. smart-ass reference in every song they do, which <laughs> I really enjoy. I love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. You're so, so lucky. So, um, 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, you're very lucky. Or what would you say, 125 people, that was it? About 150, yeah. 150. And you're it was crazy because a year I, I am very lucky. And a year later, when the band returned to the same city, which is Philadelphia, they played in the Spectrum in front of a sold-out show of 20,000 people. <laughs> in one year. <laughs> in one year. God, amazing story. Yeah, yeah. I just... So here we are in 2022, and if you notice, there were four commercials in the Super Bowl for cryptocurrency exchanges. Yep, absolutely. And it's, absolutely... it's just exploding with interest. It's phenomenal. Now, how is that going to? How does that affect our economy? Is, is it is it not big enough yet to affect our economy? But at some point, it's going to be. So, what happens then? Well, um, there's discussions at the Fed probably as we speak about this. Um, mm -hmm. It's not regulated right now. So right, right. now the IRS, the IRS is asking you if you have cryptocurrency, but nobody really knows if you're taxed on it or not. So there's a lot of it's, – it's an odd time to have four commercials in the Super Bowl for a product yeah. that nobody's even decided if they're going to tax it or not. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, that is indeed a very good point. I, I just it, it kind of in a way, Faith, and maybe you can you can help me out here. But in a way, this all scares me because now we have we have paper money and we have coins and we have this and we have the NFTs and we got. I mean, is this all going to come slamming into one? Are these just going to all of a sudden collide in the middle somewhere? What? How is that going to happen? Well, I don't think there's. Oh, I don't think you need to be alarmed. There's. The good thing about it, as I mentioned with the blockchain, is there's so many eyes on all these transactions all the time. Um, oh, good. That's one good. of the that yes, that is one of the strengths of it. Um, but the transactions, although they are insecure, and the security definitely needs to be dealt with. Um, you know, I personally have a hardware wallet. Um, and so the online wallet, I never keep more than five hundred dollars in there because I, you know, um, there have been hacks. Um, but in terms of like the implications for it long term, um, the Fed is actually thinking of releasing their own cryptocurrency, which would be like a U.S. dollar backed cryptocurrency. And once that happens, I think the, the space will get really recognized as mainstream. So then will paper and coin money just well, obviously, these are coins, but will paper money just go away then? Uh, it's possible. Yeah, yeah it is possible. It's already kind of going away. Yeah. Yeah, it kind yeah. of is. You're right. Well, I, I, that that does scare me a little bit because look what's happening in Canada. I mean, if you if they if the government can just run in and seize all your assets and freeze everything that you've got, yeah. As far as money goes, um, if you don't have cash, you're not going to be able to eat. I no, mean, it's true. Well, that's sort of the idea of definance, de decentralized finance. Is that right? It um, was. Everybody all around the world is watching these transactions, so no one government is in control. It's a populist movement for currency. Yes, but don't you think that's going to change? Mm -hmm. Probably not anytime soon. It's pretty oh, established. Yeah, it's been going on 
for a good number of years now, Bitcoin's been out for over a decade. Well, I, yeah, well, I know well that the mayor, yeah. the mayor of Miami wants to have everything mm-hmm. in Bitcoin as far as the government goes. Mm-hmm. And, and other, wow. other, yeah, other mayors have said that that's what they would like to do. Uh-huh. Because it's so, certainly a revolution. Yeah, because, yeah. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can be as much of a cheerleader of this. I, you know, I, 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 I think that if a government, U.S., China, India, says, hey, we're going to have our own Bitcoin. Oh, by the way, the rest are illegal. It, yeah, they can uh, do that. Because they are not going to tolerate this other Bitcoin if, as a competitor to their own. Ooh. And it's a no, it's a no, uh, it's a newer kind of concept to have more than one currency in a country. Now, there's some Caribbean islands that will accept euros and American dollars or accept their own American dollars. But, you know, you go to Switzerland, you ain't buying anything with U.S. dollars. Mm -mm. And you ain't buying anything with euros. You're buying everything with Swiss francs. And if they start doing their own, I would say that, well, you're only going to be able to use ours in our country because then they're going to be able to follow the tax and taxing. Because these others, it's very difficult, I, I would guess, to... Uh, follow the tax uh, implications of exchanges and things like that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So. I think the tax implications are going to eventually go along the line of stocks. Like as cryptocurrency increases in value. And by the way, there's almost new currencies being invented every week. So yeah. it's just crazy, the explosion of it. And 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 probably my guess is that... It'll be taxed like, like stocks are taxed. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, so, yeah. So the cool thing is um, Nirvana has never been on an NFT before. Um, there's been a few music legends on NFTs, but not many. And uh, there's been NFTs that are music. I know Nas just dropped an album that sold out within minutes on an NFT. Um, a lot of digital animation are on NFTs. Anime, uh, 3D art, fine art is on NFTs right now. Huh. Um, but as far as as far as I know, I'm the first one to really have the idea of getting legendary musical and other pop cultural icons out there as NFTs. It's super exciting right now. You know, Julian Lennon just sold all of, uh, no, not all of, but some of John Lennon's um lyrics and a jacket that he wore and different items like that as nfts on yellow heart which is another um organization in the same space god what a story that is julian lennon where did he he just i really liked his music by the way and then he just kind of went away what what was that all about yeah that's funny like i he was a one-hit wonder and i really liked that music too i agree i thought he was terrific i really did yeah, there's a, a a different there's a story there that we don't know. Yeah. Oh, no question. Oh, I got to tell my, my I got to tell you my Philadelphia story. First time I was ever in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please. So we're we're going to the uh, going to a wedding right now square right there. What what church is it? John is it John the Baptist or something? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. You know where I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I so I do. It's a you, beautiful church. Beautiful church. We're going to a wedding there, and we're walking along, and of course, the park has that iron fence all the way around it. You know what I'm talking about, that black iron fence? 
And I'm walking, it's a beautiful day in Philadelphia, (laughs) and there's a police officer leaning up against the fence, right? And it's Philadelphia, so I'm going to engage just for the hell of it, because I'm in Philadelphia. So I walk past the police officer, and I look over. The officer makes eye contact with me. I go, beautiful day, officer. And they responded, yeah, right. (laughs) City of brotherly love. I thought it was fantastic. It's such a Philadelphia thing to do. I loved it. Faith, I just, I love Philadelphia. I think it's one of the most underrated cities in the U.S. It is. (laughs) It's just a great place. Yeah, and that is it a funny is. story. Oh, I thought <laughs> the look on their face was like, "Gosh, <laughs> shut up!" <laughs> Basically, <laughs> leave me alone. You go do what you do. Uh, I'm gonna take a quick break. You can you can stay with us another 15 minutes. Is that correct? Oh yes. Okay, we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with Faith West, ladies and gentlemen. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate, and when I heard the Shift story. It made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We're rocking out, man. That's all I have to say. 
You know, one thing I will tell you, Faith, that, that, that's a little bit uh, hard for me to take because I've been in radio now for 51 years. I just still do a morning show in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I've been on the show for 36 years. And wow. the one thing I don't like now is on podcasts, you can't play music uh, without paying this massive price <laughs> nope. for it. Well, radio mm. pays the price, too. They just uh, right. do, they do it through the record companies. But I just would, you know, I would have loved to have played a little Nirvana going into there. But if we did, I'm sure it would have been pulled <laughs> off of every digital site in the world. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> they have too much control now. I honestly got YouTube will pull you down in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a minute. Wow. So it's very, it's very, very difficult to deal with these people because they have way too much power and they're very small genitals. Oh. Anyway, whoa, oh, just kidding. Whoa. Yeah, she's from Philadelphia. She can handle it. That's oh, yeah. Okay. And Faith, do not lie to me. Don't lie to me about this. You've run up the stairs and put your arm around Sylvester Stallone, haven't you? Are you kidding? That is a rite of passage for every Philadelphia. we got to do that. <laughs> you do. You're absolutely. I love that statue. That is a great statue. If people don't know this in Philadelphia. Oh, it really is. Yeah, there's how many stairs is it? It's like about twenty stairs, if I remember correctly. Twenty, thirty stairs, oh, something like that. It's close to ninety. If you is go all really? the way from yeah, if you go all the way from the street all the way up to the art museum, it's a lot of oh, stairs. Yeah. yeah, that is a yeah, lot of stairs. Time. You got to be in great shape to get all the way up in one pass. Yeah, and then you put your arm around his left leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 wonderful. No it doubt is. about it's a that. Great but great view up there yeah it is no it absolutely is terrific and i just matter of fact i was talking to people over at nfl films uh had him on the show uh last week and in 1983 when john facenda died i was going to become the voice of the nfl and i decided i don't think i want to fi- follow john facenda in any job he was the legendary nfl announcer i don't know if you guys all remember him he was the guy who came up with it was a cold december morning He's oh, that guy. Was he? Oh, I don't think you want to replace a guy like that. So I went, no, nah, you know what? Why don't you hire somebody else in there, and I'll, I'll wait here for a while. You would have been, been great. great. Well, yeah. It would have been a great job, but I don't know. Following a legend like that, is, is that ever a good idea to follow a legend in? Somebody's got to do it. <clears throat> well, think yeah. about that. By comparison, the Beatles came along. And then they were followed shortly thereafter by the Rolling Stones. And even though the Rolling Stones got huge, they were never as big as the Beatles. Following a legend's tough to do, man. I think they did all right. Oh, they did fine. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't get me wrong. They did okay, (laughs) those kids. But, you know, people, if you've never been to Philadelphia, and this, you know, show goes all around the world. But if you've never been to Philadelphia, you need to get there because there's so many great, well, Geno's, first of all, just, just to go there is well worth it. There's so many things about Philadelphia that I just absolutely... Well, we got Ralph is from Pittsburgh, so yeah. we got both sides of Pennsylvania covered. East and west. That's right. <laughs> Pittsburgh's an awesome city as well. Yeah. It is. But not not the, yeah. not the city of brotherly love. There's a little bit more uh, <laughs> ethnic discord there, so, so to speak. Uh, yeah, there's lots of, lots of great food, lots of great parks. Um, a multitude of people from all over. It, um, it's it's a user friendly version of New York. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's a exactly. good way. To put it. No, yeah, yeah, very good way to put it. And really, Pennsylvania may may be one of the main melting pot states in the United States with the greatest numbers of ethnic groups there. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because everybody came in to mine coal from all Eastern Europe. And then there were oh, just everybody were uh, uh, everybody ended up emigrating there to a certain extent and just sort of melted. And that's why there's so much discord because there's so many differences there and uh, ethnic neighborhoods and places and ethnic food. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it, we, we, we didn't only thing we didn't take. We didn't take the Irish. We don't want the Irish. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about that. Oh, yeah, be- Philadelphia gets a bad rap, but it is a great place to live or visit. It really is. It's it's a beautiful city, and that gets very underplayed. It does. You know what I you know what I love about Philadelphia the most? Absolutely, is that I had a friend that grew up in Camden, New Jersey. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he claimed to be from Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. No, you're not. You're from Camden, New Jersey. What are you talking about? I love oh, that just, stuff. Just a bridge between them. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bridge there. Don't worry about a thing. Everything's fine. Oh, God. Faith, you do a good interview. I love talking to you. You've got a great attitude oh. about this whole thing. Thanks. Likewise, Tom. Thanks for no, having me a, on. Oh, it's a lot of fun, honest guy. So you do you do all kinds of things with your life. I want to talk a little bit about you and your personal life, actually. Mm-hmm. Because uh, okay. Faith West, the founder of Pop Legends, is a professional photographer and a freelance music journalist with her Philadelphia-based company, TCI Photo Video. She's created images for many well-known clients, including Merck and Cutter Airlines, plus photographed a wedding for actor Bill Murray oh. when his son <laughs> Luke got married. I love that. That's a good reference. I did, I did. Um, I think we even went up the art museum steps to take the wedding party pictures. Oh, you did, really? <laughs> hey, back to the I'm art museum. Sure, yeah, yeah, because he married a Philly girl. So, you know, that's a standard wedding picture. You got to do that one. Yeah, you um, do. It's absolutely true. Yeah, so Bill is just like you would imagine. He's fun, he's down to earth, he's everybody's friend. When he left the church, which was down in, it was a church in South Philadelphia, there was a group of um, local neighborhood people lined up around the block to get his autograph when he came out of the church. And, you know, the guy is on the way from the church to his son's reception, and he waited and stopped and shook hands and did autographs and took selfies with every one of those people. He's just very generous. See, that's how it should be. That's how everybody should act, no doubt about it. (laughs) Absolutely. one thing I love about Bill Murray is you want to hire him to do your movie, you have to call a, a telephone number and leave a message. <laughs> I think that's phenomenal. I love that. You know, that's actually true. You have to call and leave him really? a message, and he'll think about getting back to you. <laughs> oh, wow. That's how it should be. Don't don't give them any power. Oh. They don't need any more power, and they already have. There's no question about that. But oh. I'm telling you, I just... Uh, well, this has been one fun interview. You do a hell of an interview. It's Well, first of all, it's a fascinating subject. You get to talk about Nirvana, Philadelphia, NFTs. We got it all covered. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Faith, come back soon. I'd love to talk to you again. Okay. So everybody, that's Pop Legends with a Z. And the big sale is this Sunday at 2.20 p.m. Eastern or 1.20 p.m. <laughs> Central. Something, yeah. P-O-P-L-E-G-E-N-D-Z, Pop Legends, is where you can find it. Faith West, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. Bye. 
See, I love talking about it. I wish we could have somebody on from every city in America and talk about the great things about it. Be a couple of cities in America I wouldn't be able to come up with much, but, you no, know. Poor, I've, I've yet to hear one. <clears throat> hear of one that you don't have a little, little insight into. Oh, I do love it. Well, I was very lucky working at Capitol Records all those years and, you know, living in Jacksonville, living in New York City, spending so much time in Chicago. Kath and I went out to Los Angeles a couple of times when we first got together, and I was offered a job out there, and I, I just... Couldn't uh, yeah. leave your mommy. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we... I got to take one right in the gut. <clears throat> I think, I'm pretty sure, Catherine, this is true, <clears throat> that I've never been to Washington State, Alaska, Maine, uh, New Hampshire, or, Con- or Connecticut. I got to get... Wait, no, you've not, been to Connecticut. I've been to Connecticut. I mean, uh, uh, New Hampshire or Vermont. Vermont. That's what I was yeah, that sounds about right. So there's five states <clears throat> I've never been to. I've been to the other 45 states, including Hawaii. Um, but I hear... Now, Ralphie, growing up on yeah. the East Coast, or not the East Coast, but the East, Eastern part of the United States in Pittsburgh... Did you did you venture up into Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire? No, you know that. I've I, 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 heard it's great. I've not been up up in uh, New England. You know, I, I guess I've flown into Matt, I've flown into Boston. Uh, you know, right. You know that's that's about as close as I've got. I've gotten. I've been to New Jersey and Pennsylvania, of course, but no, uh, New England. I really haven't been to. And I'm trying to think of the states that I have not been to. Probably the same ones that I haven't. Yeah, it's mostly in New England. Uh, I haven't been to Rhode yeah. Island. I've not been to Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire, Maine. Um, but man, I think I—I I don't think I've been to. I mean, I don't think I've been to Mississippi. But aside from that, that's kind of it. Yes, yeah, so I've been to most states. I, I just realized. Yeah. You know, I just dawned on me. I've been to most states. Well, I got five more to go. I don't know if I'll ever make it to Alaska. That's a long haul. Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't I know. think you got to do one of those. It's basically nothing but poverty up there too. Uh, I wouldn't say poverty, but it's, it's, there's a lot of free living up there. <laughs> well, yes, a lot of free living. People that want to disappear, want to, mm-hmm. you know, oh, in Alaska. Oh, you oh, got man. that right. Although, <laughs> like Anchorage and stuff, that's very poor. You got, but it? but it's uh, no, no. I, having been there, no, I I wouldn't say it's poor. It's just not. I wouldn't say wealthy. I'm sure there's. People, people, but it's a lot of. Well, it's like you know, Duluth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not, mm. not yeah. poor. It's just not. Not yeah, not like destitute, wealthy. but yeah, it's there's not posh. A, yeah, exactly. No, it isn't. It's, uh, but it's you know it's a great place. Except you know I didn't see much there. I, you know, they say, oh, there's all this wildlife, and I didn't see much any wildlife there. And I don't know. I hate when that happens when you go someplace for some specific thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you'll see moose for sure, mm-hmm. or whatever, and then you go, and it's like no. It's moose. like when we went to. Uh, <laughs> West Palm Beach with Melissa's family, and it rained the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and I think that was the first yeah, time they had ever been to Florida, I think. so. Oh, really? It rains yeah. there all the time. Which <laughs> never <laughs> happens. It never it rains rain for a week straight. Usually. It rains for like an hour, and then it's sunny. But, yeah, for them, they went all the way down there and uh, ended up being not so... I mean, there were a few times that we went out and we got to do stuff, but, yeah. yeah. I remember in high school, we had a, there was a girl, God, her name was Patty something. And she said, I'm moving. I said, oh, where are you moving to? She said, New England. I said, where in New England? She said, New England, New England. What? <laughs> I'm like, I think there is a New England something. But she didn't have any idea that there were different states 
you know, in like in New England. Oh, she thought it was just yeah. the state of New England? She was just moving oh. in that general area <laughs> to New England. I guess her parents didn't bother telling her She's where. She's into clam chowder. Mm-hmm. That's all she <laughs> I, I think the problem with, with touring that area is you probably want to go there in the summer and the fall. And I, yes. think, I think the tourists, I, I, oh, yeah. I think you have to book, because it's a small area. Yeah. I mean, all the states are small. Yeah, it's like Duluth, and, like you have to book everything. Yeah, so you far would have advance. to book it like two years in advance so yeah. that you, because I mean, people go up there, you know, religiously yep. from the East Coast. The leafers. Yeah, leafers. and for the summer too. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard place to get into. So yeah, I, I would from, love to see it. Uh, yeah, but what's to see? Pretty leaves. Uh, the well, leaves here. What? Yeah, the clam leaves. Trout. <laughs> Salty sea dogs. Yep. Yeah. You what know, do you I, mean we have leaves here? What the hell kind of thing? <laughs> they do. I'm surrounded I've by I've heard trees that now. Maine is gorgeous in yeah. the fall. Oh, I've heard that's oh, I'm stunning. Sure it, is. it is. The variety of trees that uh, you know turn color, the deciduous trees that turn color, mm-hmm. are just prime mm-hmm. there. And the different varieties and different colors and this palette of colors that you see is just unbelievable. But I grew up in western Pennsylvania in the rolling hills and what they called mountains there were just sort of hills and I thought, I don't know. So it's just more of the same up there, I think. I, I shouldn't say that. It's just, the coast is so beautiful up there. A yeah. little stark, a yeah. little Very cold, rugged. can't swim in the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you would not want to swim in the ocean in Maine. Why not? A little cold. A little chilly. Well, yeah, it's like It'll Duluth. Be... Duluth is beautiful. You don't want to swim in that lake. No, you don't. I did much? one time. Yeah. I went swimming there one time, and that was chilly, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. It was cold. I'm going to read you a story because this, I, I just, <clears throat> you know, I grew up Catholic, going to Catholic mass and going to this and that and the other thing. This pisses me off to no end. If you or any of your children have been baptized in San Diego, Arizona, or Brazil over the past two decades, you might want to check out who the presiding pastor was at the purification ceremony. That's because the Reverend Andres Arango, a priest in the Diocese of Phoenix, has now had thousands of baptisms he performed over the past 20 years rendered invalid. What? So, so your weird. baptism is invalid, and oh, wait till yeah. you hear why. Yeah, what? Leading to his resignation, he resigned from the church he presided over. The hubbub is all thanks to one word he kept saying wrong over 20 years during the baptismal ritual. Uh, The correct way to say the phrase, it accompanies the the pouring of the holy water during the sacrament per the Washington Post. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, Arango's version had consistently been, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the okay. Holy Spirit. This is mm. so what? Like, you're going to get to heaven cares? and God's going to be like, nope. nope. He, said, uh, he said, wrong word. Straight to hell. Straight to hell. You go to purgatory. purgatory. You, purgatory. you hit the purgatory really hard. I can't. God says you're going in the pit because your priest didn't know the Yeah, like, right. That's ridiculous. So is it the Vatican that's saying that he... That this has yeah, to happen, or a local. Yeah. It says he's resigned from his post as pastor of St. Gregory Catholic Church. Bad news for everyone else, per the diocese website. All of the baptism he has performed until June 17, 2021, are presumed invalid. Oh, wow. fight me, diocese. Honest to God. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. So there's mm, probably family stupid. members right now that are like, oh, my dad was baptized by oh, him. Yeah. No. He's in hell. He's gone to hell because wrong. of a word. Yeah. Oh, no, oh my that God, is mean. that's really you sad. Are, that, that, oh, that's, that's really, really mean. Not, but 
They should have thought that through. That's, yeah. that's not what Terrible. religion's for. Yeah. No. Nope. That is not what religion is for. <sighs> it's supposed to be inclusive, I and we. Maybe well, the people had said their pronouns, and yeah. he was just respecting yeah. them. If, was, if there's anything that the Catholics like, it's rules. Catholics yeah, the Catholics do, do like so, rules. I mean, no, 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 yeah. rule. You didn't follow the rules. I mean, I loved growing up Catholic, don't get me wrong. I loved doing that whole deal, but I never fell for all that stuff, so that's maybe well, why I liked it so every much. Every organization can have incredibly stupid stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I know, but that Well, is... we talked uh, this yeah, morning on the KQ Morning Show, as far as that's concerned. Uh, Michael Jackson uh, had it nailed when he said, and I quote, the Jews do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he said that? No. What did he say? Oh God! There's a Andy. Would you find the audio? It's you know what I'm talking about, Andy. Yes. He literally goes, "I need five million dollars today. Send me five million dollars because they worked against me. It's the Jews. The Jews do it on purpose." What? (laughs) What Michael. Michael, once you calm down, there, Buster. You got it, Andy. Uh, no, not yet. Oh, you you don't have it yet. Oh, we'll we'll keep schmoozing. But Tony Lee had never heard that. I talked about it this morning on the show because it, it, it came up. But Tony Lee had never heard that Michael Jackson said that. Huh? Which wow. I suppose they want to keep it under wraps. Um, I, why would you say that to anybody on the telephone? Why would you say it to anybody anytime? Because yeah, he why, was why distraught you... about $5 million, I guess. I True. don't know. Yeah, well, it's, there was other reasons why the $5 million wasn't there. Exactly. <laughs> mm. And there was some personal responsibility in those sort of things yeah. as well. Yeah. There, no question about that. You know that he was deeply in debt when he died, and his estate now is worth over a billion dollars? Doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. He was spending money like he was a sultan. Come on, he bought Disneyland called Neverland. What the hell? Might have been a little no. spendy. Yeah, you can't... Can't put up a Disneyland. Takes a little, little do-re-mi. No doubt. Is it that hard to find, Andy, really? Yep. You can't find it. Well, I'm we, sure they've spent quite a bit of money uh, scrubbing, scrubbing it stuff from like the that, Internet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why Tony Lee didn't even know about it. I know I know. we found it for the morning show this morning. I don't know where they found it, but uh, I should have checked with him before I came on his show because he does it like this, too. The Jews do it on purpose. <laughs> Jesus, settle down, you pill. Thanks. You know what's so funny about that? Is there any one particular group of people that doesn't dislike every other group of people? Oh. Honest to God. It's religion. It's orientation. It's gender. It's skin color. It's everything. If you're different than me, I don't like you. Like, what the hell is that? And you throw in past wrongs, past injustices. Oh, yeah. I mean, that just goes on and on and on. So everybody's got an edge to uh, axe to grind with everybody else. Pretty much. Well, it's absolutely true. I, you know, it, it just – can everybody just calm down? What do you think? Nope. Nice. Nope. Nope. Never going to happen. Multicultural countries and situations just don't seem to work. So you split them up. That's what Bosnia – that's why they split it all up there. Because you had a Christian side, you had a Muslim side, and they didn't oh, yeah. like each other. She had to break the country up. <clears throat> I Wonderful. found what he said, but not a recording of yeah. it. Not a recording of it. You can yeah, find what he said, this. you just can't find I don't want to repeat this. <laughs> I don't want to repeat this. <laughs> no. You don't want to be the new recording? Nah. I don't want that yeah, be the new yeah. See what she said? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, he meant it. I'm not reading that. No. Yeah. Indeed. It can't help anybody. <clears throat> no, that's it true. It can't be helpful. 
Here's an interesting story. A Hollywood actor accused of running a multi-million dollar Ponzi scheme was sentenced Monday to 20 years behind bars in federal prison, reports CNN Business. Per a DOJ release, Zachary Horowitz, also known as Zach Avery, 35, was ordered by Judge Mark C. Scarcy. Would you name your kid Mark C. Scarcy? Mark C. Scarcy. <laughs> memorable. Mark C. Skarsky yep, of the U.S. District Court of the Central District of California. He also has to pay a lot of money in restitution. Um, he uh, has to pay more than $230 million in restitution to his victims who were duped in a scheme. He raised $650 million in a Ponzi scheme. Holy Hannah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's amazing what you will go to jail for. Have you heard of this Tinder swindler person? No, what's that all oh, about? Oh, we now? saw it's like a documentary or something. Yeah, is but it's on? this guy that would find women on Tinder, and he'd like take them on like amazing private jet vacations and all this stuff and blah 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 blah. And then he would tell them to that his enemies were after him, and he needed you know tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and people were these women were selling their cars, taking out loans, oh, putting another mortgage on their house to give this guy money, and I don't even know how much money he ended up getting from these people, but like hundreds of thousands of dollars from these women that he just met on Tinder, and there's yeah now a documentary about it. It's like wild. Do you know what I have to say to that? Tell. That won't go on. Go, that doesn't go on on Grinder. No, it does not. Because they're not there. <laughs> oh, really? Because the, fe- the fellas don't fall for this stuff. The fellas don't fall for this. They stole an estimated ten million dollars. There you go. Oh my gosh, ten million. I thought Shimon Hayut. Hayut. Yeah. Shimon Hayut. Yeah. That's the Tinder swindler. Yes, yep. it is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he would just. And it's so funny because now there's all these memes going around on the internet, and they're like. That's the Tinder swindler thing is so crazy because if I met a guy online and he was like, my enemies are out to get me, I need $100,000, I'd be like, oh, well, good luck with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. that's what I would do. Like, if I were dating Dan and he just seemed, like, so wonderful and amazing and then all of a sudden he was like, I need all this money, I'd be like, well, have fun good luck. there, pal. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just amazing. That's, I don't even know. Does it say how many women he swindled? Uh, no. Okay. Just that there were... Americans lost $1 billion to Tinder swindler. A billion? Yep, lost more than $1 billion. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Well, to to well, the, romance cons in general. Yeah, that's that's very true. Oh, such as the one documented in the yeah. hit Netflix documentary. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I romance cons are as old as time. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Now, Ralphie, I have to ask you a question. Please. Getting back to that Zach guy. With the six hundred and ninety oh. million dollar Ponzi scheme. If somebody came to you and said, Ralph, I need ten million in cash, but the good news is I can pay you forty percent interest per year. Yeah. Would you for one minute would you believe no. that? No, that's that's the kind of thing is that you know, you, I learned it in in economics, either macro or microeconomics in yeah. college. The greater the return, the greater the risk. And when you're talking forty percent, that is like a hundred percent risk. Yeah, you've yeah. you kissed that you kissed that money goodbye. It's not yeah. true. And they did. They kissed it goodbye. Hunt six hundred million dollars. Oh, six hundred ninety million dollars. The guy stole. And he, but he yeah. has to pay. Re- do, you, do you think they're going to find it? They're going to claw back any of that money? Mm, I doubt it. It's going to be tough. 
going to be tough to find it. I'm sure. I, can't, I, don't I can't believe these people it. don't bury it somewhere. I mean, they must. They must they probably bur- do in some country assets where they, they can't be searched or can't. Fi- I mean, I can't imagine drawing taking that much money in and not having some of it. I mean, you just it makes no sense. People can spend money like you wouldn't believe. I don't even know how yeah. they do it, but I mean, you hear stories about athletes and lottery winners all the time. They've got tens of millions of dollars. They blow it all in a year. It's like, I don't yeah, even where, how do you spend that much money? Yeah, I, you have to try. That's a good way to close the show today. What the NBA has done to Mr. Cantor is disgusting, and I would never, I don't watch that garbage anyway, but now I never would. Remember, uh, Enos Cantor, the guy who changed his last name to Freedom. Enos. Oh yeah, yeah. Cantor Freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, apparently he was traded to the Houston Rockets, who then cut him. They waived him. They kicked him out of the league because he criticized China. Hmm. Oh my God! You believe these sons of bitches? These greed-soaked yes, pigs. This guy was didn't he stood up against slavery, and the NBA got rid of him. Well, yeah. I mean, they're That's probably disgusting. one of the most corrupt organizations that there is right now. I agree with you 100%. On it. I hate the NBA. I really just hate them. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cantor. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.